0: In 2016, the International Olympic Committee recognized the thousands of athletes displaced from their homes around the world by creating the Olympic Refugee Squad. At the squad's second-ever Olympics in Tokyo, the team included taekwondo competitor Abdullah Siddiqui, cyclist Masama Alizada, and judo athlete Nigara Shaheen. Swimmer Mohammad Abbas Karimi appeared at the Paralympic Games shortly after. All of them hail from Afghanistan. And they are likely to welcome other Afghans to the 2024 squad after the Taliban militant group seized control of their country in August 2021.
1: And our heart goes out to, to all the people of Afghanistan. And for sure, we are here representing the world of people with, who are refugees. As, as Ibrahim well said, there's 82 million people who are displaced around the world.
0: The Taliban took advantage of a hasty U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan after 20 years of war sweeping through the country at a pace that shocked the world, and left Afghans, particularly those who held government jobs or assisted international forces, scrambling to leave. Tragic scenes beamed into households across the world, showing thousands of people crowding outside Kabul International Airport, even clinging to U.S. Air Force planes as they took off. Such was their desperation to leave. Others have trekked to the borders with Pakistan and Iran to make their escape. You're listening to Beyond the Headlines, I'm your host, Suleiman Hakimi, and this week, we're asking, what now for millions of Afghan refugees? Before we start, please subscribe to Beyond the Headlines on your favorite podcast app. Even before the Taliban took over, the UN's refugee agency estimated that 2.6 million Afghans had already fled Afghanistan. One of them is Parwais Nuri, a translator who worked with the U.S. Army. He now lives in Fremont, California.
1: Life for me in Afghanistan, I had a good life. Like, uh, I was working as an interpreter. Uh, but uh, in 2014, uh, when the first withdrawal started from Afghanistan, uh, I lost my job uh, because there were not enough forces. So uh, I started my own little business and it was doing good. Uh, but... Uh, The reason I moved to the United States was uh, because of a potential danger uh, for myself uh, of the Taliban, uh, as I worked with the U.S. Army, so I didn't want to be caught by them or anything like that.
0: Now, thousands more are attempting to leave the country, frightened that the Taliban will bring back the draconian laws it enforced on Afghans between 1996 and 2001. Their fears are not unfounded. The group has already said it will bring back brutal punishments for petty crimes, like cutting off the hands of thieves. The bodies of alleged criminals are already beginning to hang in public squares, and female students and employees in many sectors are forced to remain at home. But Afghanistan and its people are different now. Many women have in the past twenty years gained an education and work to provide for their families. Those freedoms are not being shed willingly. Atifa Hassani left Afghanistan for Spain after the Taliban took Kabul and she found herself locked up in her home, feeling unable to leave. Although she feels lucky to have escaped, she is mourning the life she left behind.
2: Life was not easy in Afghanistan before Taliban, but we had a dynamic, I mean vibrant life uh, before Taliban. I was allowed to work, I was allowed to go office and not wear my scarf in the office. I was allowed to go to a cafe and sit with my male friends in a cafe and discuss about life, discuss about uh, work, problems, anything and laugh uh, loudly in the in the cafe. I was allowed to go to hiking, I used to take a bicycle on the On the road of Kabul, I was riding bicycles. I was learning driving in Kabul. Yeah, life was not easy, but it was full of excitement. It was full of achievements. Uh, And we tried to make a life better for ourselves, despite all those chaos which was uh, going on in Afghanistan. But still, we were trying to live. uh, um, We were trying to have a happy life in Kabul.
0: But becoming a refugee has its own perils the least of which include learning a new language, settling into a new culture, and not knowing how long you will need to stay. Dr. Saifullah Samim has now been made homeless by the Taliban twice.
3: I have the experience of refugee being a refugee, but this time is a little bit harder than the the first time. Uh, The first time when the Taliban took over, we immigrated to Pakistan. It was nearby our neighboring country. And we were living there, and also in a refugee camp. We were we were small uh, kids there. Uh, we were not older, elder as we are now. So only my father was working there, and we were uh, just uh, uh, studying. So once the Taliban left and U.S. took over the country. I just came back and started helping uh, the people of Afghanistan and helping my nation again.
0: Saifullah worked hard in Afghanistan, practicing as a medical doctor and working with the Afghan and U.S. governments. When he heard about the Taliban takeover and the U.S. withdrawal, he headed straight home from his office to be with his wife and three children. But the next day, he left his home to stay with a friend. He had heard stories of the Taliban searching people's houses for those who worked with the U.S. Army. A few nights later, with tensions rising, he made the difficult decision to leave the country together with his family and a set of spare clothes. Although the paperwork for their departure had come through, they spent days and nights at Kabul airport with a toddler in tow. Amid the chaos, they were evacuated from Kabul to Doha, where they awaited a flight to the U.S. He almost forgot what day it was.
3: One thing that I will never forget about is that uh... It was 2 a.m. in the morning that uh, there was an officer, U.S. Army officer, who was registering our names on the system. He told me, happy birthday. I said, what? He said, it's your birthday today. Oh, I said, I have forgotten everything because I don't know that today is my birthday. It was my 40th birthday. So that was something that I will never forget about.
0: Dr. Samim spoke to us from a refugee camp in Texas so you may hear some people and noise in the background. The conditions are less than ideal, but he is still glad to be there.
3: They have moved us to this Dona Ana military complex, which is a desert. There's no tree, there's no grass. You can not find anything green here. Only rocks, uh, dust, so tents. Under each tent, there are more than 100 people are living children's from different families you cannot sleep at night because of children's sometimes cries so the weather my wife has got some health issues cervical disc problems so the bed that they have provided is not something that comfortable for her and she is really in pain sometimes she wake up at night and starts crying and I've spoken with doctors, with uh, the people here. Nobody says that, okay, you know, this, is, this is what we can do. That's, that's Beyond that, we cannot do anything. So the temperature is uh, at night very cold. It is difficult for head to tolerate. Uh, we don't have any other options. So the only option is that we have to take it.
0: Now it is time to rebuild and start again. People like Parwes, who already have experience navigating the complexities of being a refugee in the U.S. will be useful in helping the thousands of other refugees the U.S. has taken in. Parwes' wife was able to leave Afghanistan with help from the Committee to Protect Journalists and is currently in Qatar. But he is also in contact with other new refugees.
1: I'm in contact with uh, two friends that they are uh, uh, three friends that they are stationed in uh, El Paso. Camp Paso, Uh, I offered them help. I said that uh, if you move here and come to Fremont, uh, I will definitely help you guys. So they are just waiting for their paperwork to be processed. Once they are out of there, I'll try my best to help them. The thing is that they should forget what what happened. in Afghanistan, they should focus on the future and... uh, they should start working here. Uh, America, as they say, is the land of opportunity. It is. I have experienced it myself. They can work hard. They can study. They can be in their new life. The government is providing a lot of help and support for people who are moving to the United States,
0: uh, especially the way they were. Uh, they have been evacuated from Afghanistan As he gives this advice, it is clear that his own thoughts stay focused on his home country.
1: My brothers, my sisters, my parents, my cousins, my uncles, like everybody. I have a really extended family and relatives. Everyone is in Afghanistan. I am in contact with them and I've been in contact since the major cities fall to the hand of the Taliban. Everybody is kind of scared of what's happening in Afghanistan.
0: And even though he has plans to study and become an accountant in the U.S., he waits for the time he will be able to rebuild his country.
1: I'm uh, hopeful that one day I'll return to Afghanistan. Yeah, I'm sure about that. Uh, I'm not going to give up on that. That's uh, my country. I was born there. I was raised there. And I'm really, really keen to go back to Afghanistan and serve uh, my people there. Uh, I'm not going to give up. And this situation is not going to last for long. Uh, My people will rise back and they will bounce back and we will free our country from these people. I can assure you that an Afghan who is, uh, as I said, who is a true Afghan, who loves Afghanistan, is not going to support Taliban in any means. Not at all. They they don't want them. They are not in Afghanistan to help the nation or to take our nation from darkness to the light. They are doing it reverse. They are just pushing our people back to history, like to maybe 200 years back, like medieval time.
0: No, we don't want
1: that to happen in Afghanistan.
0: Dr. Samim, meanwhile, is still waiting in Texas for his papers to be processed. He has never faced such an uncertain future before. I have my own home.
3: I was I had my own job. I was in, I was working. Twelve hundred forty staff was working under my direct supervision. So it's a huge amount of staff. So going to work daily basis in the morning with enthusiasm and working and trying to help the nation, the injured police officers, taking care of the family. So everything was perfect. But now I have to start from the scratch. I don't have anything. I have a couple of clothes with myself. I left my money, I left my home, I left everything, whatever I
0: had. Dr. Samim doesn't know when he will be permitted to leave the camp. It may be within days or it may take months. He is wholly focused on building a secure and stable future for his family, taking the exams required in the U.S. to be able to practice medicine, saving for a home, and working to safeguard his children's future. But like all the refugees we have spoken to for this episode, a part of him longs for the promise of a bright future for Afghanistan.
3: I am willing to help my people. I, it's my, my pride. It is my enthusiasm. I want to s- serve my nation I, because I love my country. I had a chance earlier also to leave my country because I have been to many European countries and I had that chance to resettle there. I had a chance to resettle in Middle East, in Dubai, but I never thought of resettling in any country because I wanted to work for my people. I wanted to work for my country, to build my country. And that's my wish, that's my hope, and that's my love, that one day I will return back if the situation gets better and if they allow us to go there. So this is my wish. But if it is the same as it is right now, I
0: don't think nobody will. Atifa Hassani spends most of her time in a flat in Spain with her younger sister. Four mornings a week, she goes to Spanish lessons. And the rest of her time, she devotes to Women for Afghanistan, an organization dedicated to offering practical help for Afghan women and girls. She longs for the home and the hope she left behind.
2: Everyone was trying so much. There, there was so much uh, efforts that the, all my friends around me was putting to help Afghanistan for a better Afghanistan. Everyone was fighting. And I find myself in that situation that I need to fight for Afghanistan. And we were discussing and talking and having conversation with everyone, with all of our friends. But unfortunately now, my friends in Afghanistan—they are not talking the same as before. They are so hopeless, they are so desperate, and they are turning into depression. That's why I miss those conversations that we were hope, we were hopeful, we were doing efforts and putting lots of effort to help Afghanistan and to help our people. But now everyone is is just silent, and we are not having that conversation anymore. We are not. Uh, talking freely uh, with with our friends, which are in Afghanistan right now. I cannot talk and I cannot send even a text uh, to my friend that asks, how are you? I cannot ask this because I know he or she is already upset and uh, he he or she even will not see my message. So we are not talking the same as before. And it's very sad, I think.
0: But like Dr. Samim, she thinks the current situation is untenable for her.
2: Taliban is already full of fear, and uh, they are like a monster for us. I I already had that much, enough you know, fear from Taliban. And um, I was alone. I was living by my own in an apartment. My family was not living in Afghanistan. I was just in Kabul just to work, and... Uh, just the the love of uh, the city and the love of my country, I was in Kabul. When the Taliban arrived, I one week, it was about one week that I was uh, stuck at home. and no one was around. Only my younger sister was with me. and uh, indeed, she came to Kabul just for uh, an exam, a medical exam, but she got stuck and the Kabul with me. I was very fearful. Um, I was not allowed to go outside. I was not allowed to go to office. I was not allowed to speak up. I was fearful. Even uh, people uh, around, uh, uh, I mean, some, some of my friends outside Afghanistan was telling me that, please deactivate your Facebook or your Twitter. Please don't post anything because the Taliban will find you and they will torture you. So I found myself in a very idle uh, situation. I was, I was, I was finding myself that, okay, I, I'm not a robot if I'm not talking, if I'm not sharing any stories about the current situation, if I'm not allowed to go to work so I can be a robot and and stay at home like this and just go to kitchen and go, come to the room or go to the bathroom and that's it. Uh, I was thinking no this is not something that I want to leave okay I'm I, I had already was in a, in a war zone I mean in a conflict area and I'm turning to uh, 30 next year and I cannot be in a such situation and in, in this stage of my life I cannot be a robot I'm a human I have feelings I have uh, energy I have hope, I have dream. So if the Taliban come and I stack at home like this, so it's not acceptable at all. Um, That's why I decided to leave Kabul.
0: The Taliban's takeover has affected millions of people with Afghan roots across the world. The diaspora community has grown over decades of military campaigns and fighting. Many of them have family, friends, and loved ones still in Afghanistan. First, second, and third-generation immigrants And those who have only just fled all appreciate the sadness of those left behind and the privilege of being one of the lucky ones, even as they lie on cold floors in packed refugee camps, waiting patiently for a new future. Atafa sums up the conundrum that all these new Afghan refugees face.
2: If the Taliban is there, I will never be in Afghanistan. I I don't think so, because I cannot live under a government of uh, people that I believe they're terrorists, that I believe their hands are bloody with the blood of innocent people in Afghanistan. I, I can never imagine myself being under control of a bunch of terrorists. I believe Taliban are recognized terrorists and they don't know about human rights. They don't know and they don't have respect to other people's ideology. They just have their own dogmatic ideology and they don't want to change it. So they are implementing their own ideology on the people by force, by fear. And of course, I cannot live in that way. But if if we have, again, a democratic country, if we have... Uh, a country which there is democracy, there is freedom of speech, there is uh, respect for the human, for the woman, for the human rights. Of course, this this is a dream to be back in Afghanistan and to work for my people and to live there.
0: You've been listening to Beyond the Headlines, and I've been your host, Suleiman Hakimi. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your audio content. Thanks this week to Parwais Nouri, Dr. Safia Samim, and Atifa Hassani. This week's episode was produced by Taylor Heyman, Aisha Khan, and Arthur Edison.